Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, today, we have a special podcast. Well, actually, it's not really special. It's, it's, it's about the same old thing and uh, a lot of different reactions or results from the same old thing. Um, just, just, well, let me just, let's just get into it, right? Instead of all of this kind of setting up. So Daniel Pantaleo was fired. A New York police officer named Daniel Pantaleo was fired. Now, why is that big news? So Daniel Pantaleo is the guy who choked and murdered Eric Garner. Now, I know, right? People were saying, well, they didn't find him guilty, so you can't say he murdered him, da-da-da, this, da That didn't stop white folks for decades after 1995 to say that O.J. for years years after O.J. Simpson was found not guilty. White folks called him a murderer. They still call him a murderer to this day. So, save me with the correctness, right? Because if it's okay for you to call O.J. Simpson a murderer and he was acquitted after a long, visible trial, he was acquitted. If y'all can still call him a murderer, then I'm going to call Daniel Pantaleo a murderer. And we, the difference is we saw OJ's trial. We saw Daniel kill Eric Garner on TV. We saw that. We saw that happen. He choked that man. And, you know, people like saying, well, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't do this. He was, he was trying to restrain him, you know, and da, da, da. The move that Daniel Pantaleo used was deemed illegal by the state of New York, by the federal government even. You cannot do that. Yet and still, with the, with the video evidence there that he used a technique that was banned, that's just like using a gun or a knife or any other weapon that is banned. If you use something that is against the law, then you've broken the law just on that. You should have gone to jail just on that alone. Illegal use of a technique or a weapon. You should have gone to jail for that. And then, in the result of somebody dying. Right? Somebody died because he used a technique that was illegal. And yet, a bunch of folks in Staten Island, whoever those grand jury people are, somehow didn't make the equation that using something illegal to kill somebody doesn't even qualify having a trial. They shouldn't even have a trial for this guy. So, screw Staten Island. <laughs> Just screw it. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Just screw it. It's like whoever those 24, however many people they are, screw them. Because this man died and you saw it. They showed you the video in the grand jury. They showed you that. They informed you that the move that that dude did was illegal. They did that. They told you that. And you still said, well, he was a criminal. He was black. Nothing wrong. That's that white supremacist, white nationalist mentality that has to be eradicated. That's the result of that. This is the reason why you it's so indoctrinated into our system that you found justification 
and a man using a technique that was illegal to kill a black man. To kill him. On, on live video. Kill him. With witnesses. Over maybe selling illegal cigarettes? Maybe? Because he will never know. He's like, we'll never know how many young girls Jeffrey Epstein actually trafficked and sexually abused because both of them are dead. Epstein by his own hand, Eric Garner by the hand of a man named Daniel Pantaleo. He is just like George Zimmerman, right? Men that think they got away with killing black folks and they think they're going to benefit from it in the United States where the majority of the people don't look like them anymore and it definitely won't look like them by the 2040 census. I guarantee you that. Wherever you're going to go, whether it's the hell or the heaven, I suggest you get there between 2040. Because it's going to be a different time for you. It's going to be a very uncomfortable world for you over the next 20 years. Because we are not going to tolerate people killing. Now, here's the thing, right? So you had this white guy who's a representative of the New York Police Benevolent Association. You can just go ahead and take the word benevolent out and just say police association. Because there's nothing benevolent about anybody who defends a guy who killed somebody on live video. Nothing. There's nothing benevolent about that at all. I don't care what benefits they provide police officers. I don't care what they do. If you will defend a man who killed somebody using an illegal method. It's one thing in a line of duty to shoot somebody, right? And there's questions behind that because if they shot Garner, he was unarmed then. He was still unarmed when he got choked out, right? But this guy wants to sit here and say, well, you know, he had over 300 arrests and he has numerous accommodations and all that stuff and he still got fired. Why did he get fired? Because he killed a man using an illegal technique and the man said before he died, I can't breathe. I don't care if you have arrested half of New York City. If you kill somebody using an illegal method or an illegal weapon, guess what's supposed to happen to you? You are never supposed to be in law enforcement ever again in life. That's what's supposed to happen. Actually, you're supposed to be in jail. That's what's actually supposed to happen. Because I guarantee you if he was black, i.e. that officer in Minnesota who shot that white woman who was unarmed, you'd be in jail. If you were black or of color, you'd be in jail. But since he's a white boy in this white supremacist, white nationalist world, there you go. He got the benefit of the doubt. And for these New York, that New York Police Association, right? If you're going to talk about the murder of a black person, try not to have the spokesperson's last name being Lynch. Try that. How dare you put somebody, his last name is Lynch. And he's going to sit there and defend a white person killing a black person. Y'all y'all ain't nothing benevolent about y'all. Nothing. They had the nerve to stick some little black girl in the corner. I, I'm glad she's got in the back. Where you barely can see it. It all depends on which news station covered it. Right? But how dare you sit there and talk about 
defending this guy. Your last name is Lynch. Of course you cool with killing black people. That's your family history. That's your name. <laughs> oh my God. I, you don't, you, do you understand where I'm coming from? If y'all don't, all right, then tough. I, 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 you know, if I had never worn a badge, right? If my daddy never wore a badge, right? Maybe I might be misconstruing it. But Daniel Pantaleo is an insult. He's an insult to the officers who got shot by that black man in Philadelphia trying to serve a damn warrant, a drug warrant. His brother wasn't going for that. He shot up six police officers. Then some people had the nerve to say the police officers were faking injuries. Are you serious right now? Daniel Pantaleo, you are a disgrace to those six men who damn near lost their life trying to serve a warrant. You are a disgrace to the police officers who almost get run over by cars trying to write tickets. You are a disgrace to the police officers who walk a beat every damn day in America. Every one of them. You are an insult to them. And any organization, any police officers who stand up for them ain't worthy of having the badge themselves. And I wish I was the mayor of New York when y'all sit there and turned your back on him when he showed up at a funeral because some crazy black man walked up to two police officers and shot them dead. I wish you would have turned your back on me because that Daniel Pantaleo situation was going on then. I would have showed you. You want, you want to be mad at me? I got something for you. Every officer that was involved in that Garner arrest would have been fired that day. As soon as I got back to the office. And they said, well, you know, the mayor of New York can't fire anybody. Eric, it's the uh, police commissioner. Who hires the police commissioner? Who hires the police commissioner? It's the mayor. It would have been explained to the police commissioner somehow, some way. Them men don't need to ever wear a uniform ever again because if your men ever disrespect me again, you're out of a job. Period. I'm sitting up here trying to run a city of 10 million people, trying to make sure that the department is supposed to protect them, actually protects them, and that kills them. For no reason. Using illegal methods. You gonna turn your back on me when I show up, when two police officers get killed? to pay my respects fire I guarantee you I guarantee you back in the day before all these folks started filling themselves with lawsuits right and legal procedures and all that I guarantee you if Chicago police officers had done that to Mayor Daly because Mayor Daly stood up for a citizen that was killed right if, if, if that had happened those officers turned their back, every last one of them would have been turning in their badges by the time they got back from their funeral. Every last one of them. I guarantee you that. That's the level of disrespect we have gotten to in this point because of that nationalist, supremacist, racist BS. That's where we are. This is the result of that. You can be in denial if you want to, but the truth is the truth this arrogance that comes from ignorance is the most dangerous arrogance out there. Clearly. It is literally dividing and killing our country. 
right? Literally. And until the Daniel, and here's the other thing about Daniel Pantaleo, right? You lived a charmed life anyway. You should have been fired. You should be sitting there. You should have been serving your third year in jail right now, right? Second, third, whatever. You should be in jail. The worst that's going to happen to you is you can't be a police officer anymore where you can't kill anybody with chokeholds and you won't get a pension. That's the worst that's going to happen to you. And it took so many years to do it. We've changed presidents since you killed that man. You should have said, thank you, sir, for the opportunity. Uh, I'm sorry for the embarrassment that I've caused the police department. I'm sorry for the pain that I've caused the Garner family. And I'm riding off into the sunset now. I ain't got nothing else to say. Because you, you ain't got nothing else to say. There shouldn't have been a press conference by the New York police, whatever they call themselves, association. There shouldn't have been, there shouldn't have been one. And especially some guy named Lynch defending Pendleton. That shouldn't have happened. Defending the murder of a black man. That shouldn't have happened. That was a bad optic. Because it means bad cops are cool. And they're not. Bad cops are not cool. Cops that kill unarmed people are not cool. Period. End of discussion. Don't give me that argument about stress. Don't give me that argument about mental illness. Don't give me that argument about tough. Because if, if the job is too stressful for you, you got to go. If you're not smart enough to do the job, you got to go. Your job is to serve and protect the people of this community. Period. If you can't handle that, step off. Move on to something else. Get you a job that you can handle. Because there are jobs out here. All these jobs that you keep seeing these immigrants say they take it. Get one of those. But don't claim to be protecting us. No, sir. We ain't got time for that. We ain't got that many bodies to sacrifice for you. This is real. You know, people can say that's harsh and all that stuff. What is harsh is somebody dying in front of a store being choked out. They're telling you multiple times, I can't breathe, 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 I can't breathe. That's harsh. That's cruel. Not getting your pension taken away because you killed somebody. That's not cruel. That's a blessing for you. And again, we got to stop that. We got to stop patting these sorry jokers on the back. We got to stop slapping them on the wrist. We got to put, if we're going to put something on their wrist, put handcuffs on them. Let them experience what they do. He's had 300 arrests, but the 301st arrest that should have been attributed to Daniel Pantaleo's name was his own. No person, no person, no person has the right to kill anyone unwarranted. No person. 
all these self-righteous political Christians who sit there and say, oh, well, you know, and God said, God said thou shalt not kill, right? You want to twist it around about reproductive rights, I'm going to twist it back on you about killing unarmed citizens. You had them outnumbered. You had them outweaponized. All you had to do was show some damn professionalism and restraint and just arrest the man if you thought he was doing something wrong. You went there. And now you got what you deserve, albeit way too late. The only here's the only reason why you got fired today or yesterday, right? The only reason why you got fired is because the mayor of the city was at a presidential debate in a whole other state on national television, and the people in that whole other state asked the question or started yelling the chant. Pantaleo, fire Pantaleo. People in Detroit, Michigan were telling the mayor of New York to fire a police officer who killed a New York citizen who was unarmed. How embarrassing is that? But it took something that embarrassing to make things happen because all of a sudden now there was an investigation. All of a sudden the commissioner gets a recommendation from the inspector general saying, you know what? He needs to be fired. No kidding. That's the least you could. You could have been done that. You should have done that, Mayor de Blasio, when you saw a shift in the administration. Because see, Eric Garner was killed during the Obama administration. By the time Leo's fired, we're now into almost the third year of the Trump administration. We're in the third year of the Trump administration. See how slow that was, right? And and then you wonder why people have a problem believing that justice is not just for them at all. There's no justice for them, right? As soon as you saw that Donald Trump won that election, you should have been making moves to fire that dude because that was, it was time. Not when you're running for president. You understand what I'm saying? That's a bad look. And you're not going to do well anyway. You're not going to make it. But that was still a bad look that it took people from Michigan yelling at you. People from all over the country writing petitions to you for you to finally just get this sorry joker off the police force. And if his family and his friends are offended by what I say, tough. At least he's still breathing. We'll be back. So we, we finished up on the Pantaleo on the other side. You know, when God had mercy on his soul. Um... Yeah. So, 
let me let me let me move on. I'm gonna go to this quote that. Um, let me read this quote to you. It says, "If the land in which the United States was founded has been tainted by racism since the 1600s, and everything derived therefore therefrom and is therefore tainted, then the U.S. is illegitimate, the Constitution is illegitimate, and the Revolution is the answer." Right. So there was this, this conservative guy named Eric Erickson. You've heard me mention him before. He's the one who said that. Right? He threw that out there. He was being sarcastic toward what was known at the New York Times as the 1619 Project, which is being spearheaded by Ida B. Wells, the famous abolitionist. Uh, her granddaughter um, is the, the head of that project with the New York Times. And it's basically chronicling 400 years of American institutional racism, of white nationalism, white supremacy, what kind of effects that has had um, on society, on America, in America, how America has actually grown in spite of that, right? And so one of the things that You know, if you're you're trying to make that argument, Mr. Erickson, then, you know, actually the Constitution is legitimate. What's what's illegitimate is the premise that they feel that they have to perpetuate the government to 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 work, and that's this American institutional racism. That's what's illegitimate. Again, there's nothing intellectual, nothing scientific, that justifies that practice. Nothing. So, you know, um, yeah. And the founding fathers, when they created the Constitution, actually created an antidote within that Constitution. And that's been the, the court system, the constitutional court system, because African Americans have been able to fight racism based on that. Now, you stack the courts like you're trying to do now, and, you know, back when the Taney Court and all those other courts that basically said black people didn't have any rights, still felt like we were three-fifths of a person, right? Then, yeah, that's going to try to skew it, and, and that's been your, your main objective, I think, is to, to make sure that American institutional racism has that final safeguard in the court system. But that's been the antidote to that, to that racism, to that white nationalism, to our white supremacy. That's, that's been the, the cure for it. It's been being able to use the legal system to fight it, right? And also freedom of speech, the First Amendment, freedom of assembly. So I'm going to read this other quote to you that I think is very important. Uh, and you kind of can get a gist of... Um, why I do what I do, right? Um, let's see, here it is. I love America more than any other country in this world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. And that quote, Mr. Erickson, is from James Baldwin. And there, 
out of a lot of people on this planet, he was one of the most eloquent African-Americans to criticize this nation. But that's the purpose of this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to criticize the country that we all love, right? Especially when it does wrong. Especially when the U.S. government does wrong. Especially when the police department does wrong. Especially when anything that is attributed to racism, American institutional racism, that is attributed to white supremacy, that is attributed to white nationalism, if it's we, we're going to challenge it on this podcast. If you don't like that, okay. But this podcast is going to challenge it whenever it shows its head. And with this Trump administration, it's been every day, which is the main motivation why I decided to do it. Because I can't, I can't just grab a bunch of people and go down and just, I can't fly to Washington. You know, I can't reach, I, I ain't got time to do all of that, just physical confrontation. But I do have time to sit and record how I feel on a podcast. I do have that time. And I'm going to make that time. Because in this time, that's needed. There needs to be more podcasts like mine, constantly stressing. Because that goal that I said in the last podcast about eradicating white nationalism, white supremacy, and American institutional racism within the next 80 years, that's a realistic goal that can happen. And it can start right now the more people challenge that. That whole situation with Pantaleo, again, a symptom of that. If you if you get rid of those things, if you get rid of that in this country, you eradicate that kind of thought process in this nation. You don't have those problems. You don't have those problems like with Panelino. You don't. Now, do people think that's utopian? Maybe. But it's a goal. People thought Kennedy was crazy to go to the moon and they did it in nine years. We got commercials saying we're going to end Alzheimer's. The first survivor of Alzheimer's disease is in, it's, could be walking among us. You got commercials saying that. You know, we said that we wanted to cure HIV. We actually found a vaccine or a cure for Ebola in the middle of a crisis. Or at least effectively treated, right? So nothing is impossible. Nothing. If you are truly committed to make it happen. But if you are not. If you're just giving lip service to it, then yeah, it's not going to happen. And there's been a lot of lip service throughout the history of this country so far. But that's got to stop. I mean, this guy, the 45th president of the United States, should make you realize that it's got to stop. This has got to end, right? And it's not magically going to go away once he's beaten in 2020 and we stick another white person like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden in that position. Remember, they're of that generation, too. They're all the same age. And there's a different kind of American institutional racism that comes from people that are supposed to be our friends. That patriarchal, 
We know best how to handle your situation better than you can. We know best how to express your feelings better than you can. We know how to think about issues and situations that affect you better than you can. That's American institutional racism too. The same folks that see somebody or hear somebody black that's well-dressed or can speak well, it's like, oh, like that's an aberration. Out of 40 million people, you don't think none of us or the majority of us are articulate and know how to dress? And you're our friends. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. And I think people have to be conscious of that. They have to be sensitive to that. And being sensitive means that, yeah, you, you're going to have your feelings hurt. Because people, people have no problem criticizing me. People have never had a problem saying, Eric, you need to do this with your life. You need to do this with this. You need to do this with that. I'm sure as the podcast grows and all this stuff, people will say, well, you need to talk about this. You need to talk about it. They're going to criticize me. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to put the lens, the mirror on y'all, especially when you're hurting black people. Especially that. Because one of the the one of the regrets that I have, right, as far as politics goes, is that you know, you introduce legislation to try to alleviate a lot of problems and those that legislation doesn't go anywhere because the majority of people in those legislators are part of the problem. Right? They don't understand or they don't give a damn. Or they actually support the oppression, right? Because you have those people. And so, you know, I just wish that I could have been in a time, I really wish I could have been in the Reconstruction period. (laughs) And I really wish that I had like a Nostradamus mindset if I was in there to foresee a lot of the stuff that these white people were going to do to muzzle black people, to really effectively marshal troops to go after those rednecks and not be so highbrow and intellectual about the First Amendment and allowing them to assemble and all that. No. <laughs> the minute that the first cross was burnt, them jokers have been out of there. If I was up in there, I had been the main one saying, you gotta come, when you come to get me, Expect to send some flowers and some 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 condolences to your friends. Because even if you kill me, a lot of them going to go first. But you're going to be labeled a terrorist organization. That's what they tried to do with the Klan. They actually did label them a terrorist organization. and But they didn't enforce it. So if they had enforced it, who knows what America would look like now? Probably wouldn't look like this. Especially in the South. Right? So, Mr. Erickson, your sarcasm actually is a valid point. 
based on how racist America has been, right? Maybe this Constitution should be challenged. Especially that section that says the three-fifths thing. Because, and then the fact that you reneged on your promise. See, this is, this is a lawsuit. I think it's a lawsuit. And I, and I don't know what legislation was actually passed. And I'm sure somebody can dig up in the Library of Congress and find it. But what legislation was passed to change the timeline of the end of slavery, right? According to the U.S. Constitution, slavery was supposed to have ended in 1808. It ended nearly 60 years later, right? After a war. So... Was the war the vindication? Was the war the the punishment for not following that law? Right? Well, and morally it was. But not legally. So, Mr. Erickson, you won't play that game. Might want to might seriously think about the legal ramifications of what you said because technically there should be a challenge. Right? That should be a base of reparations, but, you know, they're going to say, well, you know, those descendants, it's so convoluted, we can't do it. Bottom line is, the statement you made, Mr. Erickson, can actually be a legitimate statement for black people in America. It could be. But (laughs) there are more black Americans who are like James Baldwin who understand that no matter how screwed up America is, it's the best country in the world. When you look at other countries going on and what they're doing and what they're not doing and what they're capable of, what they're not capable of. The United States is the best thing smoking, especially for black people. And I say that even looking at my distant African cousins. Nobody has been crueler to the African people than African people since the end of slavery. Nobody. You can say the British Empire if you want to. You can talk about the Nazis in North Africa if you want to. But Idi Amin Dada was black. Sabatu was black. Namembe was black. Can I... Do you understand? All of these African warlords and stuff and, and generals and all these folks killing each other in the Sudan to the point where they had to divide the damn country, create a new country so the Sudanese folks in the north would stop screwing with them. Right? Which is also a result of global warming because Lake Chad was the largest lake in the world. It is now one-sixth of its size. That created new land. And that created an opportunity, a reason for folks to start fighting each other. Right? So global warming is real, and it has devastating impacts, just so you know. But African people have been killing each other for, for centuries, right? And when they, when they learn to stop killing each other, 
that'll be a major boost. But here in America, white folks are killing us. And yeah, there's black-on-black crime, there's gangs and all that stuff. But you know, if people had the freedom to live where they want to live instead of being redlined into certain neighborhoods, you might not have these giant murder rates in, in, in highly concentrated areas. You might not. Might be spread out a little bit. Might not even be as high. Because there wouldn't be those kind of tensions. Doesn't excuse a black man killing a black man. But let's be real. There ain't nothing that the American government has done to really help that situation. Not one. Not one thing. Even the great society did its damage. Right? And we'll get into that a whole nother time. But I, I just wanted to point out this thing that it's like these white folks that are being sarcastic about the legitimacy of America don't play with that because we can call you out on that if there's anybody there's two groups of people who can call you out on that that's black folks and native folks and if you really don't want to be called out on that don't play with that And if you're not going to help us eradicate American institutional racism, if you're not going to help us eradicate white nationalism, if you're not going to help us eradicate white supremacy, then you're part of the problem. Sarcasm or no sarcasm. We need people who understand totally. If you don't, you don't. But in the military, they say, lead, follow, get out of the way. If you don't get it, get out of the way. If you totally get it, lead. If you don't quite understand, but you sympathetic, follow and learn. But if you refuse to get it, or you think it's worthy of your sarcastic remarks and your tweets, please get out of the way. And let us fix America. Let us get America right. Let's get this disease of American institutional racism out of its system. Until next time.